Welcome back to the Piston Rings Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Piston Rings Pod, and I am your host, Jeremy Melanson. We are part of the Pulse Podcast Network, providing you with the best variety of podcasts on the web, from sports such as the WWE and the NBA, and all the way through to Dungeons and Dragons and anything in between. There's pop culture, sports, or current affairs. Go have a look, because you may not know what you're looking for until you find it. PulsePodcastNetwork.com Alright, we're going to be looking at the 37th game of the season between the Utah Jazz and the Detroit Pistons. Before the game, Utah was favored by 3.5 points, and the over-under was 209 points. Utah won the game by 5, and they totaled 215. Utah had 110, and Detroit 105. Andre Drummond was playing in his 500th career NBA game. Detroit started off hot with a 7-0 run, and Gobert picked up his second foul only four minutes in. Detroit continued with their foot on the gas, going up 17-5 when Utah called their second timeout. Detroit pushed on, finishing the quarter 31-13, up by 18 points. Reggie Bullock had 14 points on 4-4 shooting from three, outscoring the Utah Jazz by himself. Drummond had 5 points and 10 rebounds. We saw Stanley Johnson in the game early, and he had a nice block on Derek Favors near the end of the quarter. Favors went up for a two-hand slam, and Stanley got him from behind. The second quarter, though, was a complete different story. Griffin started the quarter on the court with four bench players. Utah attacked at Detroit's biggest weaknesses. Exum and Rubio were penetrating the lanes at will. The team bled points in the paint, and it unbelievably so with Drummond off the floor. Exum had four points and five assists before rolling his ankle, and he did not return. Luke Kennard looked good with two nice aggressive moves, but he could not get his shots to fall. Bruce Brown had a couple of nice takes in the first, and that continued in on the second quarter as well. He made a layup over Gobert on one, and on another almost identical play, dished off for a basket. It reminded me of a quote I read on Twitter by Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse talking about Rudy Gobert. He said, you have to go right at him. You can't let Gobert lurk around and play help defense because that's when he gets his blocks. And Drummond had success doing this. He battled Gobert well in the poster all throughout the game and really outplayed him altogether. Utah scored Detroit 35-22 in the second quarter, shooting 62% after only shooting 19% in the first quarter. The halftime score was 53-48 and Detroit led by 5. The third quarter saw Reggie Jackson start to get his game going after early foul trouble. The game remained close the rest of the way, and when it was time to go to the bench, Casey started off by bringing in just Jose Calderon with four starters before the rest of the bench came in. Detroit held a two-point lead after three. Early in the fourth, with Blake and Andre both on the bench, Rudy Gobert was on the court by himself and took full advantage, throwing down a vicious dunk to give Utah their first lead of the game. Casey quickly went back to the starters, but Donovan Mitchell was catching fire, and worse, Detroit was just giving the ball away in multiple possessions. They were taking quick hero ball jumpers early in the shot clock and just carelessly turning the ball over. Kyle Korver nailed a transition three-pointer off a turnover that put Utah up 94-88. to The lead grew later to 9. The Pistons cut it into it a bit with some solid play by Blake Griffin and a couple of threes from both Reggie Jackson and Reggie Bullock, but Donovan Mitchell answered almost every basket. He had 24 second-half points. The lead was cut to four, and out of a timeout, Detroit failed to inbound the ball and were forced to call another timeout. Dwayne Casey and his staff did drop a very nice play that got Blake a clean look in a corner three, 
and he nailed it to make it only a one-point game. They fouled Rubio and put him on the line with 12.3 seconds left, but he hit the both of the free throws, putting Utah back up by three. With no timeouts remaining because of that failed inbound attempt, Detroit had to come flying up the court and then just turned it over again. Rubio hit two more free throws after that, and that was what gave them the five-point lead that ended the game. Fans were deservedly upset by the sloppy play that led to those late-game breakdowns, but the game, I think, was lost in the second quarter when Detroit was unable to really you know, step on the throat of the Jazz, and that was what they needed to do. And that's the difference between good teams and great teams. You have to know when to take your foot off and when to push your foot down. Detroit was unable to do so. Detroit now sits at 17-20 and 20 and are ninth in the East, half a game back of the Charlotte Hornets. Alright, now we're going to dive into the box score from this game a little bit and uh, have a little closer look at uh, the numbers from this game. Blake Griffin had a great game, another great Blake game, led the team in scoring 34 points, had 10 rebounds as well, 5 assists and a pair of steals, playing 39 minutes. Andre Drummond was solid as well, and as I said, out-battled Gobert, finishing with 15 points, 18 rebounds, 3 steals and a block. Th uh, shooting 7 of 10 in 38 minutes, and again, this 500th career NBA game. Reggie Jackson went for 12 points, and also 3 assists and a couple of rebounds. But uh, some early foul trouble plagued Reggie, and he only played 25 minutes. Reggie Bullock, as I said, was red hot in the first quarter, 14 in the first quarter. He finished with the game with 19 points. And he also had three rebounds and two assists. Five for eight from the three-point line. Bruce Brown, the other starter, 12 points and a career-high seven assists for Bruce Brown and three rebounds as well. On the bench, we had John Luer playing... Sorry, John Luer playing 10 minutes and going scoreless and only had two rebounds. Uh, Stanley Johnson, as I said, started the game in early. He played 14 minutes, going one for five from the floor. And he had four points, three rebounds, a steal, and a block. Jose Calderon had to play 23 minutes in, the, in lieu of Reggie's foul trouble. And Jose had seven points, one assist, one rebound, and an uncharacteristic two turnovers. Langston Galloway, well, we retreated to bad Langston this time. But in all fairness to Langston, he did only play three minutes. Luke Kennard played 13 minutes and only had two points. Getting a, it was a nice late-game bucket off a screen from Blake. But uh, we, need, we need more Luke. I said this before in the last show. Luke's got to get 25 minutes at least to be productive and, and to really get himself going. You know, he, he, he started off trying well. He, he was aggressive at the beginning of the game. But when he couldn't get the shots to fall, he didn't hear his number called again until late in the game. And uh, in 13 minutes, just really, it's not enough to develop a guy like that in that situation. He, he needs to play more. And uh, I, I don't see why he can't play... Quasi point guard, uh, I'm going to call it. He he's not a point guard, but he can initiate an offense. And for the and he also uh, Blake Griffin initiates the offense mo the majority of the time. So really having a which a traditional point guard like a Jose Calderon on the floor isn't completely necessary in my opinion. You could have Kennard out there playing with Blake, and and they're both like I said play initiators. They're both play creators, and uh, they could feed off each other. They can play together. But uh, right now we're getting 23 minutes of Jose Calderon. Luke, as I said, had two points. He had two rebounds as well and a steal. Um, everyone, every starter, all the five starters, finished with a positive plus-minus. 
Well, all five bench players finished with, sorry, yep, five bench players played with uh, negative plus minus. We're now going to take a minute to look at uh, a couple of things that went on in the NBA Saturday night as NBA history was rewritten. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the first team in major professional sports history to lose five consecutive home games by at least 20 points, according to the Athletics' Joe Varden. They were actually the first team to do it in four straight, setting the record on Friday in a 117-91 loss to the Utah Jazz. They then proclaimed, hold my beer, as they took their fifth straight loss Saturday to the Pelicans. The Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings combined for an NBA record 41 points Saturday during the Warriors' 127-123 win, the first time in league history in which both teams made at least 23-pointers. They broke a previous record which was set in February 2018 by the Timberwolves and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Fittingly, the 41st three-pointer was made by Steph Curry, his 10th of the game. It was Curry's 11th career game with 10 made three-pointers and moved him to fourth all-time in three-pointers made. He passed Kyle Korver, who was obviously still playing and hit two threes of his own last night. Curry has 2,277 three-pointers made. He's now just five away from tying Jason Terry for third place. And I don't think there's anyone on that list who's safe from Steph Curry. Today's spotlight, we will look at Jose Manuel Calderon Borrello. The two last names are Spanish custom. His first family name is Calderon. His second, Borrello. He was born in the town of Villanueva de la Serena in Spain on September 28, 1981. He's listed at 6 foot 3, and 200 pounds. His nicknames are Numero Ocho and Mr. Catering, according to Basketball Reference. He grew up watching his father play for the local team. He followed suit by joining the minor leagues at age 13 and remaining there until he reached the senior level. His next two seasons were spent trying to get into the top level of play in Spain, which he did for the next three seasons in Basconia, winning the King's Cup and being a finalist in both the ACB and the EuroLeague. His final EuroLeague average, season average was 11.6 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 1.5 steals. After being persuaded to join the NBA by former Raptors general manager Rob Babcock, Jose signed August 3, 2005. He struggled to find his shot in his rookie season, as most rookies do, but was able to finish third in assists among rookies at 4.5 a game and showed flashes of being a great assist-to-turnover point guard. His second season in the league, he played back up to TJ Ford, but was able to impress in Toronto's brief playoff run, posting 13 points and 5.3 assists in his first playoff appearance. The next season, Toronto continued using both Calderon and TJ Ford as point guards, but when Ford went down to injuries, Jose took over and finished the season leading the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio with 5.38 assists per turnover. He was also 5th in the league in assists, while shooting better than 50% from the field, 40% from 3, and 90% from the line. Some do not consider Jose a true member of the prestigious 50-40-90 club, as he did not attempt the minimum number of free throws required. In the 2008-2009 season, he set the second longest streak in NBA history for consecutive made free throws with 87. He also surpassed Alvin Williams as the Toronto Raptors' franchise record in career assists. He finished the season shooting the highest free throw percentage in NBA history at 98.1% and went over 50%, 40%, and 90% for his second consecutive season.
On January 30th, 2013, Calderon was traded to the Detroit Pistons in three-team trade that sent Tayshawn Prince, Austin Day, and Ed Davis to the Memphis Grizzlies and Rudy Gay to Toronto. Jose led the league in three-point percentage that year as the Pistons' starting point guard. That July, Jose signed with the Dallas Mavericks for four years and $28 million. That lasted one season as the following June, Jose, along with Shane Larkin, Wayne Ellington, Samuel D'Alembert, and two second-round picks were traded to the New York Knicks in exchange for Tyson Chandler and Ray Felton. Jose played two seasons with New York, and on June 22, 2016, Calderon was traded, along with Jerry and Grant and Robin Lopez, to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for Derrick Rose, Justin Holliday, and a 2017 second-round draft pick. On July the 7th, he was traded again, this time to the Los Angeles Lakers. After being waived by the Lakers, Calderon was set to join the Golden State Warriors. However, after Kevin Durant suffered a possible season-ending knee injury, the Warriors felt they needed a forward instead of a point guard to fill Durant's role. The Warriors still honored their agreement with Calderon, signing him on March 1st, 2017, before waiving him later that day. While he was only with the team for two hours, the Warriors agreed to pay Calderon the $415,000 he would have earned if he had been on the team for the rest of the season. Jose then played 17 games for the Atlanta Hawks and then 57 games the following year for the Cleveland Cavaliers before returning to the Detroit Pistons in 2018. This is Jose's 14th NBA season. He is the 22nd highest three-point percentage in NBA history, and although he's not recognized for having enough free-throw attempts, he would be tied for 24th all-time in free-throw percentage. Calderon enjoyed a successful international career as well. When he played for Spain's national youth team, he won the gold medal at the 1998 FIBA Europe Under-18 Championship, as well as the bronze medal at the 2000 FIBA Europe Under-20 Championship. As his career advanced, the point guard began appearing for the Spanish national senior team. Calderon was part of the Spanish national team which finished 5th at the 2002 FIBA World Championship and 2nd at 2003 Eurobasket. He was later named the team captain during the 2004 Summer Olympics and on the September 3rd, 2006, Calderon and his Spanish squad defeated Greece and won the 2006 FIBA World Championship along with future Raptors teammate Jorge Garbajosa. In 2007 Eurobasket, Calderon and Garbajosa again featured for the Spanish team. In the knockout stages, Calderon recorded a game-high 17 points as Spain defeated Germany 83-55 in the quarterfinals. In the semifinals, Calderon scored 18 points in Spain's defeat of Greece. The Spaniard led his team in points again in the final, but Spain lost 60-59 to Russia. In the 2008 Summer Olympics, Calderon was part of the squad that won the silver medal, but was injured and therefore could not play in the semifinal and final games. He averaged 7.3 points per game in the tournament. Calderon won another silver medal at the 2012 Summer Olympics. He also made Spain's squad for the 2016 Summer Olympics, but only played sparingly. At the end of the Olympics, he announced his retirement from the national team. The Pistons' next game is Monday, January 7th at home against the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio is on a four-game winning streak and sits sixth in the Western Conference. This is the first meeting between the two teams this season. The Spurs are currently favored by three, and the over-under total is set at 214 points.
This has been the Piston Rings Podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter at Piston Rings Pod and a part of the Pulse Podcast Network.